beware of these things because yeah. they are kind of the enemy of so much that is good about humanity. Mm. Oh. I didn't love my husband when I married him. Mm. I couldn't possibly. Free falling with the coach and the counselor, Daryl and Beck. Making sense of connection, spirituality, and being human. So today's topic is kind of, I suppose it's been a part of a, a trio of soapbox topics that I had from a few years back. And particularly at that time, it was around how that impacted church culture and the culture of how we as a faith community did life and managed ourselves and attracted people to that community yeah. or serviced them or whatever. So That's a bit awkward. Yeah. <laughs> so, Daryl, yeah, it's like, not appropriate. Like a petrol station. Right, right, yeah, yeah, sorry. Of course. A service centre. <laughs> yeah, you're not making it better, hun. It's not, it's not. Mm. Three services a day. Oh, good. <laughs> I mean, if you've got the stamina, that's great. Excellent. But, uh, yes. So, so these little, little platforms, these little pillars that I had a bit of a beef about were consumerism, individualism, and materialism. Yeah. And I suppose for the topic of today, perhaps we're looking at consumerism, but mm. probably spills over into the others anyway. This, maybe it's actually one big idea. So I put a little kind of way that I would understand those three topics like this. Materialism, things are more important than people. Perhaps that's what materialism might stand for. Mm -hmm. Individualism, my fulfillment is more important than anyone else's. Mm -hmm. Consumerism, the world exists to meet my needs. Mm. And there's a whole bunch of other parts that feed off those things. And my big thing at the time when I was within the kind of the church walls and church community was talking about beware of these things because yeah. they are kind of the enemy of so much that is good about humanity, mm. of so much that I would say that represents God's character. It seems to be the antithesis of a generous God, of, yeah. of um, a loving God, of a, of a God who would champion relationships right. and all of that kind of thing. And this kind of seems to separate it out from that. Yeah. But consumerism, like that's, if you look at everyday society, yeah. that's kind of like how we do life, isn't it? It like is. How we're set up to operate. Yeah. So what can be bad about that? <laughs> yeah. But it is it, like we, our, our, you're right, our whole lives are set up to consume. We consume social media. We consume news, we consume food, we consume each other's stories, we consume each other's energies. It's this take, take, take. And yes, there's an exchange there at some point, but it's not equal always. And it's definitely about what can serve us. Yeah. Within the church context, what I, what I saw a bit of was the way that Churches seem to set themselves up and promote themselves to meet people's observed needs or to do what they wanted. 
So it was not actually really about transformation or a different way of living. It was actually just adapting to the way that everything else worked around in the world, meaning that, well, look, I want my kids to have a place to sit down and I don't want to be next to them in a, in a church service. Mm. So you're attracted to a church that says, we've got a kids program. Yeah, right. Yeah. Know? Or I'm attracted to this church because it's got a youth program and my young yeah. adults can go over to that yeah. and be serviced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can leave that one alone. Yeah. <laughs> And then you think, like I think, it broader in the world, if we go outside of church as well and look at the structures of our society and how it's worked, what are, I think, what are some of the problems of having a consumeristic mentality? Mm. It has become like a focus on, it's, I mean, it's kind of selfish in some ways, isn't it? but it's also like you're using so much it's about it seems to me about things and you're using things life is almost like life is about using things and getting things and right. that is how you get happy that is yeah. how you achieve the meaning in life yeah and i think even sometimes we can fall into the trap even when we think we're being super altruistic good humans mm volunteering or, or helping other people mm. it isn't always when we break it down for the benefit of the people in the way that we would like to think it is sometimes it is very much about appeasing our sense of guilt or trying to make ourselves feel a little bit better yeah. about being in the world and yeah. therefore we are consuming even the people that we're trying to serve yeah you can see that sometimes or the short-term missions I suppose mm. are particularly an example of that and even volunteering we've all had the experience of being on the receiving end of that haven't we like where you catch up with a friend or something or or someone asks to meet up with you for coffee and you like you sit down and they just talk at you at you at you they're not interested in the exchange that occurs between you both mm. you just leave that situation feeling drained and used and unseen and in a friendship situation that can leave you feeling like what the hell just happened and why friendship is about what you create together yeah and like we're so close to it because it does seep into everything it reminded me of this approach that was talked about in coaching where Coachee, for example, mm -hmm. someone who is being coached in, a, say, a life coaching situation, theoretically they're... As opposed to a dead one, because it's probably going to be hard to coach a dead person. Would you well, think? Well, as opposed I haven't tried to it. a business situation or a... speak that experience <laughs> on that, sorry. So he, they were saying that sometimes as a client... There can be a problem with saying, but what if they ask for their money back or they think they're not getting value for their money? Mm. And the coach mentor at the time was saying, well, hang on a bit. This is a time to remind your client that they're not a customer. That's right. Right? So they're yeah. not there to take something. It's actually yeah. what, it's their work that they're mm. doing on themselves. Mm. 
and they've got to take responsibility for that. So it's about changing the mindset. I suppose we're we're like customers of our government at the moment or the customers of whatever else. If we pay the bills to someone, we're we're their customer. Mm. And then we feel like now that we've paid them the money, they owe us. Yeah. Yeah. But gee, that doesn't work across all of life, does it? It doesn't work at all across all of life. And I don't know if you want to share on this, but you have a really cool take on this in terms of life experience within your marriage, if you wanted to share that. Sure. So this comes in the early stages of my coaching training. There was this very simple framework that talked about looking at love, for example, Mm. and, and, and it looked at it over four levels but first three are ones that we probably experience more every day and the first level the most basic level around love would be looking at what's in it for me love me love mm. me love me yeah. so like um a baby might, yeah. might do yeah but strangely enough we seem to have some babies that are walking around <laughs> and have been around the planet for quite a few years yeah but anyway so so Great. don't move beyond that the second level was probably where I had been operating, just thinking it was a natural way. And that is where I will scratch your back if you scratch mine. So it's kind of like a trading relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So you think, well, I'll look after you if you look after me. And mm. when you stop looking after me, I'll stop, stop looking after you mm. because that's not fair. Yeah. So it's about trading. So it's a that kind of give and take. Mm. But that was the way that for a long time I probably looked at my relationship with my wife. Yeah. In part, for sure. And certainly like there would be a withdrawal, you know, a partner makes a withdrawal Mm. and then you think, well, now you owe me stuff. Yeah, right. And there was a way sometimes where we almost would barter a few favours or, you know, well, if we agree that you can buy that then mm. let's agree that i can buy that yeah you know so yeah. there's that kind of way of looking at it tip for tat negotiation yeah and you think well that's a pretty fair way of approaching relationships can you remind us how long you've been married for now since 1990 amazing didn't calculate that no we'll let anyone who's oh, listening i should be able to work that out mind you i think it's 2020 yeah yeah 30, so we're looking at that's the level two kind of way of relating which i think that is how the majority of relationships work and it is seen as normal yeah yeah and also i suppose around friendships often that is that kind of trading thing as well yeah yeah we if you no longer scratch my back then well, what's the point then? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's it's a challenge. and There's definitely, there's, yeah, a balance that has to be found. Yeah. So then the next level mm. is where you just love virtually unconditionally. Yeah. Where it, it is your love for the other person has no conditions upon mm. it. There is nothing they have to do. Mm to deserve yeah the love and of course that's the easiest one to live out isn't it like absolutely not self-sacrificial not having to put aside our own thoughts you know like gosh 
but this is the one that is the most fulfilling and, and transformative yeah and yeah. transformative that's right in yourself firstly Absolutely. and then as a flow on it effect in and others. you know from our christian heritage perspective if you look at the nature of god we mm. talk about god being of unconditional love mm. and as you say that it's in that loving that transformation happens mm. that we understand the nature of love mm. that we are able perhaps to love others and to love ourselves mm. all of that stuff mm. and i think if you look at well for me lo looking at just general psychology mm. that feeling of being able to love or of being loved it's like a such a primary human need yeah yeah it's so basic and the lack of that being present in one's life mm. is the reason why we're in such a shit place yeah yeah or the inability to recognize yeah. when we are being loved or to process the way that we have been loved when you know it hasn't quite landed the way it has needed yeah when we've needed it to yeah yeah no it's a big deal mm. so i kind of thought ah okay i've got to look at this relationship different from a trading thing mm. this whole idea we've been talking around consumerism it's no longer like uh, which after 30 years of doing something one way that's no easy thing to upend and start to see things differently how did you do that it was a choice right so so for me um so yeah i wasn't a, i'm still not a great husband but i wasn't a great husband for uh, a long time where again the the barter part of it or the trading or the you know you've got to give me some space kind of thing came around the time that i would spend on work mm. or developing the business and then balancing it against the needs of my wife for example right. for whatever they were and and then somehow we've got to fit it in between and that these things had pro as much priority as as wifey did mm. and not a great way to do things really so the switchery was just going actually no so at all times in this love relationship mm. my wife's needs are paramount and mm. are number one compared to any other activity that I could embark on yeah wow. And to have that as just the guiding force for how I would choose to spend my time. So it became like a choice. Okay, what do I do if, you know, this is whatever this family situation is versus a conflicting work situation or whatever. It became a simple choice. You go, okay, yeah. no longer would I choose work out of a sense of obligation or or like out of fear that I might lose my job or anything. Yeah, I'll amazing. just stick my hand up and go, there's a family need that, that gazumps you guys. Sorry, bye. Yeah, <laughs> that's huge. So that was a significant change. Absolutely, yeah. Can I just go back two seconds and pick up on something you said? You said still not a great husband. And I just want to say I'm best friends with the person who 
makes you a husband, your wife, and she thinks very differently than that. So I just, I want people to know that you are a great husband from all accounts and I'm kind of privy to, you know, <laughs> to that kind of information. So just yeah. own that. Okay. You're doing well. Thank you. 30 years of marriage, <laughs> that's no small thing. Yeah, we're still here. Yeah, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a strange thing to reflect on. I guess for me, I've been married coming up 18 years in a few months. And it's a really strange thing to admit. I, in the way that I recognize love now, I didn't love my husband when I married him. Mm. I couldn't possibly. Like, yes, I loved him, but not in the way that I've come to understand what love is and not in the way that 18 years of being married to your best friend parenting together you know confronting huge amounts of life together and addressing your own baggage and you know the crap that you've dragged around with you for your lifetime and brought into the relationship and Mm. i had no clue i had no clue what true love was supposed to look like what it could look like and yeah it's a really confronting thing to pull that apart and really reflect on on how you are being seen by your partner and the way that you're choosing to love and give that and your thoughts around that and Mm. what it's supposed to look like and the balance of give and take yeah no it is uh, so i suppose there's an evolving thing isn't it and and Mm. When I think back, I suppose for most of us, how we were brought up, there was the idea of still that kind of trading way of doing business as yeah. a family. Yeah. If you do this, then I'll do this. Mm. It's almost, mm. you know, partly there's a consequence type activity, but also... Because everyone has to carry their weight or the household collapses and resentment builds up. And, yeah. yeah. And, we, and the shortcuts sometimes to motivating a person <laughs> to do something yeah. is to trade them something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so we're brought up on a lot of that stuff that kind of goes oh so if I want to love my parents then I have to please them mm. Mm. I have to do something that pleases them that's right I have to reward them yeah. with something to show them that I love them and that'll be by doing something they want me to do yeah and, and we carry that into our relationships but we carry that into our relationship with the divine Mm. And then we're told outright <laughs> that you have to do these ten, certain steps and in the same breath told that God loves you unconditionally. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense because no. suddenly you have to do all these things to please. But when you are on the receiving end of unconditional love, like your your marriage has changed dramatically once your wife recognized that there was a huge change within you Mm. and then once she stopped freaking out about that (laughs) because it was this huge change and like what's the catch this is like sorry what's happening where's (laughs) this is amazing but when is the ground gonna you know collapse from under this please stop me if i'm speaking out of turn Um, but yeah it's the learning to be on the receiving end of that 
is also really difficult because mm. suddenly we find ourselves, we understand what barter looks like, we understand what exchange looks like, but being loved completely, wholly as you are, expecting nothing in return is incredibly confronting. Mm. And unfortunately, quite rare, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's never going to be perfect, but it's it seems taint, massively tainted by all these other for sure you know conditions and for and sure yeah all this kind of stuff and and so then learning to be with the divine sit with mm. the divine and just be loved yeah. yeah is terrifying and without yeah without feeling guilty for not having done something right or feeling like you owe something yeah and knowing that there is no exchange because yeah. The divine doesn't operate under consumerism. That's it. At all. Consumerism it's a currency is that not doesn't the exist. god. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It could be the god of Australia or of the world mm. in the Western world. So that's the difference, isn't it, between looking at how we operate in the world, but also looking, at being able to discern where that's just got to stop. Where yeah. in our relationships with one another. We can't, we can't have that rule us and mm. or be the only way that we operate. Mm. For sure, there are some relationships like business relationships and things that ha are contracted. Of and, course, and that's, that's of course that's healthy. Yeah, I suppose, but. and and like we really should flag here as well. There is no room for abusive relationships. No. Like th th that can never ever be excused, and no one should ever be expected to stay in that situation, whether it is physical, emotional, psychological Absolutely. abuse. Yeah. Um, it's finding the balance of, of whether your partner then shares, shares some of these values and is even able to receive the love that you're trying to offer. And I think that, that's interesting as well, isn't it, like how we define love. Scott Peck put it in a way, I'm not going to be able to define his quote exactly, but wanting and nurturing the, the spiritual growth of the other person mm. that's kind of how he put mm. it as a definition for love mm. so if that's the case if that becomes your benchmark for it then as you look in any sort of abusive situation let's say you're the loving person the other person is the abuser mm. it is not in that person's best interest to allow this situation to continue it will not help yeah, them to right. be able to nurture or yeah to... a lot of people talk about love as a feeling mm. and that's a strange concept love is a choice and for you it really it was a choice not just to love but to completely change the way that you had been enacting that love yeah for such a long time yeah it's incredible yeah it was it was definitely a change I remember even and this is the way I kind of thought about it before understanding this unconditional approach there was a there was a preacher in the 90s he was talking about love and marriage relationships mm. like a 70 30 relationship or something like that or uh -huh. something like or maybe even a 60 40 so that you on your side of the fence always look to do 60% of the work mm -hmm. or 60%. Mm -hmm. So always you would not expect there to be a balance back. Right. 
and that's okay you're being generous or whatever it was yeah but and then most likely your partner would be the same and then it would all kind of work because each thought they were giving and were okay with that but would yeah they when they feel they weren't being loved on enough mm. they would say oh i need to be the bigger person or whatever and keep and, yeah. keep going there. so it all kind of balances out and everyone kind of wins in there so I kind of probably took that on board for a good part of the relationship at, mm. at least thinking okay I'm going to put a bit more in than because you were yeah. being a good human volunteering <laughs> thinking you were being super altruistic yeah. you're giving a little bit more I'm giving yeah. just a little bit more that, yep. that helps me feel good about myself yeah I still expect something back you know and yeah but obviously you're still mm. you know being the bigger person that's it yeah, yeah. so yes yeah, so that was I suppose a way of thinking about it but certainly that's not the place I'm in now yeah, yeah of seeing that as a good way to model love yeah. to be love yeah yeah and certainly I don't think now, in especially in key relationships, that that's what the world needs anymore. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> My husband and I have a way of calling each other out on our martyrdom. And we'll just start singing to each other, You take the high road and I'll take the low road. <laughs> it's just a way of like, get your hand off it. Like, <laughs> fuck off, I see what you're doing. Come back down to, you know, a level playing field. You're an idiot. You know, yeah. it's not going to work for everyone, but uh, <laughs> or anyone, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but yeah, mm. just I, I see your bullshit. I'm calling it. Yeah, Pretty keep cool. this balanced. So yeah. there we go. That's kind of a little look at consumerism and and how you became a great husband. <laughs> <laughs> look at me. Look at me. Look at my. It's good. Hey, we'd love to get to know you and your friends, so keep in touch. Don't forget to subscribe to our show in your favourite podcast app. Like our Facebook page and even make a comment. We'd love to hear your story. And look, if other people come to mind who might get something out of our little chats, tell them about us. With your help, we look forward to building a wonderful, supportive community together. 